Even though the Boilermakers aren't in Houston for the Final Four, they're being represented by Zach Eady, Gene Cady, and Matt Painter. Let's talk basketball and what needs to happen for Purdue to get its team there with Mike Carmen. And spring football continues. We'll talk to Tom Deanhart. I'm Kyle Charters on Golden Black Radio. First, this. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Live from Houston. Uh, Hello, Carm. How are you? Is it live from Houston well, or live on tape from Houston? We're live live to tape. <laughs> Regardless, last I week, am in Houston. So last yes. week I managed to host two radio shows at the same time. It's uh it's like it's magic. You are the juggler. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be uh sort of pseudo live here on this podcast. Uh so so you've had a chance uh, during your time down there in, in Houston to, to do a lot, really. Uh, Purdue had a lot of representation, certainly. Right. Uh, even though the Boilermakers, uh, unfortunately, exited the NCAA tournament far sooner than the Final Four. Well, you've talked to Matt Painter a little bit. I mean, look, we know what the national narrative is going to be, um, and there is some legitimacy to it. Purdue has lost in the NCAA tournament three straight years to – double-digit seeds. But not only that, I mean, they've lost, and I think Matt Painter sort of is, is saying this as well, they've lost the similar style teams, even more so maybe than the seeding of those teams, regardless of what that is. They keep losing to the same style of team. Uh, what did Matt have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I'll have uh, some content up on uh, goldenblack.com, uh, you know, later in the week, uh, a little bit more in depth. But basically, he he said, you know, we've lost to the same team for three straight years, but they just have a different name on their, on their Jersey Yeah, and small uh, athletic guards have given them problems. And, and the counter to that is finding uh, a little bit more athleticism, either in your recruiting or uh, in the transfer portal, which they'll be active in from a, from a guard standpoint, either a point guard or shooting guard to kind of help with that. And it's not all, uh, 
offensively, there's a defensive component to that, to being able to stop dribble penetration yeah, and, and things like that. So I mean, he's, he's not going to tear down what um, he's built, what Gene Cady has built as far as the type of program that Purdue is, but he also recognizes where, where the flaws are. And it's his, you know, now they have to go out and, and find those piece or pieces to, to, to make them uh, maybe more prepared for the NCAA tournament uh, when you get in these first round situations or in the case of St. Peter's, when you get to the second, you know, sweet 16. Um, so he, he's, he's fully aware, um, you know, Purdue's built to win the big time. I mean, he admitted that. And, but with that, you have to, you have to, you have to also look long-term as far as March is concerned and, and, you know, he, he understands how basketball works from a, you know, how we're going to judge the program and judge the season. But yeah. also he's not, he's not ready to throw away everything that they accomplished this year with the big 10 titles and, and the success they had in Portland and all that kind of stuff. So um, again, I have more on the site later in the week, but that's, that's kind of the snapshot. And, you know, they're, they're, they're also going to be looking for, for bigs in case Zach doesn't come back. And so they've, they've already kind of made contact with some players and uh, just trying to lay that groundwork in case they need to go out and find another big. Yeah. So not only looking for a, a, a point guard or backup point guard or a guard, but one that, that fits certain attributes too, right? right. I mean, they need some, they need some additional quickness. Right. Yeah. I mean, they need somebody, you know, Matt is confident that Braden Smith is quick enough and can, can do the things that they need to do, but, you know, you also have to recognize he needs some help and Fletcher lawyer needs some help in that regard, uh, to, to, to get you through. And it's not all about the press. Um, as I said, you know, there's a defensive component there being able to stop dribble, dribble penetration, uh, and keeping, uh, guards out of the lane. So, you know, it's a, it's in a way, it's a bit of a tough sell because you're not, you're not selling starter minutes here. Yeah. You're, you're looking at, at backup type situations, but you're also looking for a guy that wants to be part of something that maybe has toiled around in a program that hasn't won or made the NCAA tournament, similar to David Jenkins, who did make the NCAA tournament earlier in his career. But all of a sudden, he's on the number one team in the country and a number one seed. So there, there are some p- appealing things about what Purdue has to offer beyond just you know, playing time and all that kind of stuff. Is there anything Purdue can do, and maybe it's too late for next year, but from a scheduling point of view? Because well, once, once you get to the Big Ten, everybody plays the same, right? I mean, maybe the one yeah. team that was playing differently was Penn State, but now uh, I don't know what Penn State's new coach is going to be like. Uh, probably will run a little bit and maybe play a little bit smaller, I, I guess. Uh, but everybody, you know, the Big Ten is not preparing you to play uh, – uh, FAU in the, or fairly Dickinson, even apparently, uh, in the NCAA tournament, um, because you, you sort of face the same team 20 times. Well, uh, I, I did ask him that. I said, do you need to schedule differently? Do you need to schedule more of these teams? And he said that they do, you know, he, he said Hofstra was one of those teams. And I think when Purdue played Hofstra, they didn't have their leading scorer or their best player. Uh, and they handled them pretty well. And, you know, that game was at Mackey Arena. That's a venue Purdue <laughs> does very well in. 
and it's yeah. not the NCAA tournament. Uh, I mean, you have to, there's a balance there of trying to get yourself prepared for what you may face, you know, in the first round. Uh, and you, you also have to understand, you know, St. Peter's was a bit of a fluke because, you know, they, they won two games, beat Kentucky, um, to get to that point. I mean, it's not a style that you probably would expect to see in the sweet 16, but still, you I mean, you have to be prepared for that. So, you know, they're looking at, at teams that can challenge them in that area. Uh, and it's always great to say, well, Purdue should go out and schedule team A, B, and C, but team A, B, and C also want, need to come, you know, have the willingness to come to your place yeah, uh, and basically absorb a loss. Uh, and Purdue has to balance those type of games with the net and how you get in the tournament and where you're seated. So you don't want to put a bunch of North Texas on your schedule, but then you're not seated high enough to take advantage of uh, of the regular season that, that you might put together. But you're right, the Big Ten doesn't really do that. And I think uh, um, what, you know, what, you know, they need to get themselves prepared, but usually this is a first round type of situation that if you can get through the first round, then you're playing teams more that you're used to at that point, but yeah. you do have to get prepared. Yeah. Purdue could have scheduled fairly Dickinson for last season. Matthew Arena <laughs> would have been a, a 20 point quad four victory. Right. Home, and... uh, with no students and the fans in, in the middle of December and nobody right. would have even noticed. And we probably would have forgotten like Purdue played Hofstra this year. I don't. I was probably at the game. I don't even remember that. Uh, yeah, it was right. We, uh, we right in early December. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah, we, you, we forget about those things because they were easy wins and they were not challenged. And uh, but yeah, the, there's a. I know people don't want to believe it, but there's a method to the scheduling madness as much as they can to get themselves ready. Yeah. Um just been unfortunate uh the the results in march let's move on talk a little bit of uh, certainly it was a purdue centric weekend even without the boilermakers there uh zach Eady took home a couple of player of the year awards including uh, the naismith player of the year um deserve it i you know as i said sort of last week it's, it's just his whole story is just is just very remarkable i mean i saw img tweet out that you know the congratulations to him he's their first ever uh, national player of national college player of the year. I, I doubt that when he was there, anybody would have thought Zach Eady is going to be our first <laughs> national player of the year. He was still a, such a development. And it's, it's just uh, remarkable uh, how much work he has put in to get himself to the place that he is uh, right now to be uh, called the, the best player aside from basically one person uh, who, who voted uh, differently in the AP. <laughs> Pretty much everybody thinks he was the best player uh, in the entire country. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that when he came to Purdue uh, that he would be yeah. national player of the year. I mean, Matt wanted to redshirt him, but Matt wants to redshirt everybody. I think <laughs> Matt would. I think Matt wanted to redshirt me at one time just because. Uh, but yeah, you would you would never have known it watching him play his freshman year where he was uh, throwing his elbows all the way around. But you know, he's developed. He's a quick learner, and that's that's kind of uh, the situation that he's he's put himself in. You know, he not only is the best player in the country, but I would I would contend that he's mo the most improved player in the country as well because of where yeah. he started. And just when you look at him last year, 
and he got limited minutes, 20 minutes. I know it's not really limited, but he got 20 minutes a game last year. Now he's, you know, playing a lot more, and you see what he can do when he's on the floor uh, a lot longer. But he's he's a special player. He's probably a one-of-a-kind, not because he's 7'4", but just kind of how he plays and, you know, what he's meant to the program and just the, the quick ascent that he's had in this, in this game. Um, and, you know, I know Purdue fans want him to come back, um, you know, and that's a decision that has to, to be made uh, over the next month or so of what's going to happen there. But, um, you know, if he comes back, Purdue's a top five team for sure. And you're going to see that in some, some way early uh, preseason polls and stuff like that uh, when they come out after the game uh, Monday night. But, you know, Zach, Zach is a special player and, you know, obviously will go down as one of the, one of the greats in, in Purdue history. Yeah, no doubt. One of the greats in Purdue history and in the coaching ranks, Gene Cady got uh, or will be enshrined into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Nice uh, for him, obviously, and and for the Purdue community, I think. But when I read the report last week, ESPN at least put out some of the names. Uh, it was unclear whether that was the complete list or not. And you felt like, man, right. Gene's not going to make it here again. And, you know, this is going to be a situation where he, you know, he gets in once he has passed, which I always think is – is an unfortunate thing when that happens. It's nice for the individual to be able to celebrate with their friends and family. And Gene did make it in, which is a, which is a great thing. I mean, uh, you know, to me, five time, is it five or six, whatever it is, five time national coach of the year. Unbelievable. That, that to me is a, a, an unbelievable accomplishment for, for a coach uh, to be able to be recognized uh, by those who cover or his peers or, or what have you as doing the best job uh, in that season five different times is unbelievable and deserve it to be in uh, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Right, and he's doing, and he did that without getting to the Final Four. Yeah. And not that Purdue wasn't on the national stage, but they were, not, they were never on the ultimate national stage uh, to, to, to raise the profile even more. So – you know, that tells you a couple things that people that vote on those awards actually do pay attention to what's going on yeah. uh, around the country um, and the respect that they have for Purdue's program, but also the respect they have for the Big Ten, because, you know, you win the Big Ten, you, you know, you're put in a different level, in a different stratosphere of your accomplishments. And I think all those things wrapped into it, you know, has led Gene to, you know, a tremendous career and a tremendous honor of being in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, when you looked up on the stage Saturday and he's sitting there with Paul Gasol, Tony Parker, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, he's in a, he's in a really special class of people. Uh, you know, Matt Painter, you know, said yesterday, he said it was great that he was able to kind of walk with the Kings of the game for, for a day and have that kind of notoriety uh, with his uh, selection to the Hall of Fame. So yeah. well-deserved, well-earned, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great moment for Gene, and it's also a great moment for uh, the Purdue basketball program as well. Yeah. All right, thanks, Carm. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your uh, time there in Houston. All righty, thank you. All right, let's take a break. We'll bring Tom in, talk a little bit of spring football. That's next. This is Golden Black Radio. 
Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. All right, Tom, a spring football scrimmage uh, in the books from the weekend. I know, obviously, uh, us outsiders, us lowly outsiders uh, can't uh, can't can't go in and get a, a firsthand view, but you did get a chance to talk to Ryan Walters after uh, the practice, sort of can dissect uh, what his impressions of the scrimmage were. I think he's right. I mean, as the head coach, you, you just win every time, right? I mean, when you scrimmage, you win because – uh, the defense can be okay sometimes. The offense can be good sometimes. It's really hard to dissect who the who the overall winner was. Uh, but what were your impressions of of what he had to say following the scrimmage on Saturday? You got to keep the velvet rope up to keep a riffraff like you out, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Although you were at practice this week, so yeah, um, you're a VIP. But yeah, you know you you covered a lot of these things in the spring, Kyle. I guess you never can get too overly excited or or uh, depressed about some of the the, the revelations and, and goings on at spring football but like you said they had the scrimmage Saturday that was practice number six of 15 and um yeah I tell you one thing that stood out for me talking to the coach afterward was just the effusive praise he had for Hudson card I mean um you can go back and read the story but he didn't hold back Kyle um, you know, we all, we all know Card's talent. Ryan Walters certainly is a believer from his comments. And, he, you know, he, we all know he's going to have to be special, right? Um, I think there's a big drop-off after after Hudson Card. He certainly seems to check a lot of the boxes from the little bit we get to see him practice. You know, not the biggest guy, Kyle. Probably stayed over six feet tall, maybe six one, But he can run. He can improvise. He can throw. Seems to be well liked by teammates, so uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to have a special year if he wants to try to get back to the postseason. Obviously, yeah, it surprised me when Graham Harrell basically said the same thing uh, when I went out there to practice last week and asked him about Hudson Card, and his response was, "Well, he has a chance to be really special." And then yeah. Ryan Walters said the same thing on Saturday. <laughs> um, you know, usually you don't hear that kind of of language from a guy who's been through. Uh, six or seven practices, whatever it's been, and and one scrimmage. Um, but they don't seem shy about thinking that Hudson Card can be really good at Purdue. Yeah, you're exactly right. Now, I still think, Kyle, while we know Hudson Card is the uh, presumptive, and I think unequivocally the number one, number one guy, right? He's going to start unchallenged. I think Purdue is, is 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 kicking the tires on portal quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, there's Brady Allen, who will be a redshirt freshman. And they've got the true freshman early enrollee who's here, Ryan Brown, who was at a prep school last year. Uh, I'm just not sure if they're ready, Kyle, if something happens to Hudson Card. And if he's going to be running around like we think he's going to be running around, we all know the chance to get hurt is, is very real. And quick history lesson, Kyle, the last Purdue quarterback to start every game of the season, you have to go back to 2016 and David Blau. So 
Um, there's that injury risk. And, and if he goes down, I think if you're a coach, you certainly would be more comfortable if you could look over your shoulder and had a guy in there holding the clipboard who at least played some significant snaps in college. Who can they get? That's yeah. the conundrum, Kyle, right? Everybody knows these portal kids. They want to start. They want to play. And Purdue can't sell you a, a, a direct path to a starting quarterback job, obviously. So they're going to have to find a, a guy who's willing to, to come in as a backup. So, again, it's, it's going to be a tough sell, but um, I think I, I get the sense maybe Purdue's going to do what it can to see if they can find somebody that, that fits that bill. The same names keep cropping up as uh, standouts during the spring, right? I mean, Card, Nick Carraway, and others. It seems like those guys keep appearing as the guys to watch. Yeah, you're right. A lot of key guys aren't even playing, too. Remember that. Um, yeah. Same as most every spring, right? Guys coming off injuries. I'm talking about some good players, too. Gus Hartwig, the center. You know, of course, Garrett Miller. Um, maybe maybe the best player on offense outside of Hudson Card. Um, he, he's probably not going to practice at all defensively. Kydrick Jenkins, uh, Scotty Humpich haven't been out there as well. So, and Brock Thompson on at wide receiver. So, but yeah, the names you mentioned are some of the names that the coaching staff has cited specifically on Saturday. Walters mentioned Nick Carraway, you know, maybe the best player on the entire team, Kyle. He's playing an outside linebacker spot in this defense. Um, Corday Sidner. I think that outside linebacker spot is going to be the best on defense, most talented, most potential field spot hmm. with Carraway, with Sidner, when Jenkins is healthy, with Scotty Humpich. A couple of youngsters, Will Health, the true freshman from, from Carmel, the redshirt freshman from Louisiana, Roman Pateri. They got some, they got some nice talent at that spot. And that's a spot that comes off the edge and has to get upfield and make plays. So that's a good foundation for that defense. But you're right. Um those have been some of the standouts that the staff has sort of uh, cited here in these first couple of weeks of spring ball. Purdue was stung last week by a surprise departure. Uh, Tom Sione Finau, the yeah. offensive lineman, decided to to jump in the transfer portal. Uh, that surprised me. It seems like it maybe surprised you. Did it also surprise Purdue? And uh, how did the Boilermakers react to losing a, a guy who was going to compete, I think, to be a, a starter on the interior of the offensive line? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think he was projected to be a number one guard opposite Marcus Bow, uh, the standout redshirt sophomore. So Finau just got to Purdue last year as a transfer from Florida International. Now he's gone. Um, you know, he played all and he played in all the fourteen games last year as a reserve, uh, fifth year senior. So again, Kyle, yeah, this was a surprise. I believe this bubbled up. I think pretty quickly. He was at practice Tuesday, Thursday, I don't know, late morning, early afternoon. He sends out a tweet, hey, I'm out of here. Thanks, Purdue. And that's that. So now what? You know, Purdue's already brought in two interior linemen from the portal. One's here, Jalen Grant from Bowling Green. The other one's not here yet. The kid from Indiana, Wesleyan, uh, Ben Farrell. Both those guys can play guard. But will Purdue want to replace now with another portal guy? That's going to be interesting to watch and see. So, yeah, just, you know, if you're you're always trying to put out fires, if you're a coach, I'm sure there's always stuff bubbling up. And it's only just begun, Kyle. April 15th, the portal opens back up. You know, uh, we could see a flurry of activity here. You know, this time next month, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the roster looks like. Thank you, Tom. You bet, buddy. 
That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Mike Harmon and Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Churners. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.